I remember being in the Navy and on our ship, and whenever we'd hit rough seas, they would just throw us all over the place. And I'd like to tell you that I was like this old salty sailor who had, you know, no concern. But I would always be back in my birthing area, in my rack, and I'd be praying to God as the ship would pitch back and forth and and forward and back. I mean, it would just make you sick when you were out to sea. And uh, those were not some of my fondest moments of being in the Navy. And we all go through storms in life. Things get difficult, like we are experiencing right now. But we still can encounter God right here. And that's what we're trying to discover, that we can experience God anywhere we decide that we're going to meet with him because he wants to meet with us. You know, when I think about the storms that we've been going through in America and as a church, I've, and the ones that I've gone through personally in my own life, I have noted that some of the damage that I have experienced really could have been avoided. I want you to look at the ship. As you see, the ship is going through a storm and it's pitching and it's going back and forth, but this ship is big enough to get everybody through. Yet, look at, there's still damage being encountered. Cars are sliding around um, all over the place. Not because of the storm, but because of a lack of personal tie-down of their property. A journey that was probably a storm that might have caused a few people to blow chunks over the side ends up turning into an insurance claim nightmare. And I think a lot of the things that I don't strap down and align with God, begin to slide around and rob me of the blessing of God, particularly when my life is under stress and difficulty. Things that I have not put in their proper place the way that God wanted me to begin to move about and begin to crash into each other. I mean, it could be anything. It could be compromises. It could be sin in my life. It could be responsibilities that I've decided that I wasn't going to do or I've put off. But when hard times come, one of the things I experienced as a, as a boat owner and also being in the Navy, that when rough seas comes, anything that is not strapped down and tied down begins to cause a different kind of loss. Jonah was just like that. He was somebody that God had spoken to in the past and God had worked in his life. But there came a point when he just didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. And so let's pick up the story of this uh, individual, this person very much like ourselves, who's going to decide to head out on the sea. Now, the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. See, Jonah flat out decided that he was not going to do what God had told him to do. So he buys a ticket for Tarshish to get away from the voice of God and the responsibility of obedience. What he didn't realize was how much that ticket was really going to cost. You know, he thought he could just get away from God and the responsibility and that everything would be okay. But yet that ticket would cost him a lot. See, Jonah had 
what I'd call a fleeing soul, a soul on the run, a soul that just wanted to flee from what God wanted him to do. Have you ever been to a party that you wanted to leave, but you had to stay? I mean, I don't know, it, it should be a pretty high number that you go to a party, you get forced to go, invited to go, you have to go, um, and then you really don't want to be there anymore and you, you just wish you could flee the scene and just get away. I remember I went to a party uh, one year. It was a kind of a high-end Christmas Eve party and everybody was dressed up. And while I was there, I remembered I just hated being there. And I just wanted to get out of there. I mean, I had that fleeing soul kind of moment. So I remember everybody was handing presents around, and it wasn't a really big crowd. So I don't know why I would think anybody wouldn't notice I was missing. But I said, hey, listen, could you tell me where your bathroom is? And so they pointed me to the bathroom. When I went to the bathroom, in my suit, I opened up the window and climbed out the window of their house, jumped down to the ground, and stood outside the house. Now, one of the problems I realized was at that moment that I, I forgot I rode with my friend to the house. So I didn't have a ride home. So there I am at 12 p.m. at night on Christmas Eve in a suit, running down the street um, to get away from this party. I fled. That's exactly what Jonah is doing. Jonah had made up his mind that there, was, there were some things in his life and, and some areas in his life that he would flee obeying God and all his cargo was going to begin to slide around. Jonah 1 verse 4 says, But the Lord hurled a great wind on this, upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Now, don't, don't, don't read this story wrong, because I know a lot of you are going to kind of like, oh, look how mean God is. It's like God didn't, you know, crush some uh, poor schmuck, you know, with some bad luck in this situation. In the words of golfers, Jonah teed it up, and God just crushed it. That's what he did. I mean, Jonah decided he was going to disobey God, run away from God, and he just teased it up, and he thinks that God's not going to do anything about it. See, things got so bad on the ship that all the sailors decided that they needed to throw someone over the side to satisfy their gods. Now, I know as a modern, that sounds incredibly funny, and it is ridiculous. But this is the only time in recorded human history when they were right, when that silly superstition was exactly going to be the right thing to do. And Jonah knew it. He said to the sailors, all right, pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know, I know, it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. The men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because Jonah had told them. See, Jonah knew that he was just running away from God. Jonah knew that, you know, the, the bad stuff that was going on in his life, beyond the normal things that we experience in life, they were direct repercussions of the things that he was doing. And uh, he knew it. He just absolutely knew it. Here's what Jonah knew. Jonah knew that here, here is a bad place to be 
if you don't obey God. And he was resolved that he wasn't. See, anywhere is a bad place to be if we're not going to obey God. So they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. You know, most of us are tired of all the stuff that's going on in the world around us. But I think the reason that some of us are not experiencing peace in the moment or why some of us are not experiencing God in our times of prayer, our here moments, is because we're arriving in the here moment with a fleeing soul. A soul that in some area of it has decided that I am not going to do what God wants me to do. Yes, we are Christian, and his grace takes us through the storm. Yet we have decided to do, not do what he's called us to do, and the cargo is lost. It happens to every single one of us. I don't want to stop doing what I was doing, or I don't want to have to forgive them, or I don't want to help them, or I don't want to honor God the way that God tells me to honor him, or I don't care about what God cares about, and we make our decision. We need to realize that grace does not absolve us of our responsibility to obey God. So Paul, are you saying that when I don't align my life with God, even though I'm a Christian, it has repercussions from God? Now let me just say this. If that is what you think I'm saying, then I am so happy because that's exactly what I'm saying. Because it's right. And I think the other Paul even says it better than I do. Listen to what he said. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to the flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But from the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Galatians 6, 7. You're saying, was that written to Christians too? And the answer is no. It was only written to Christians. Because everybody else is lost. He's talking in the context of people who are on a ship that is going to take them from the, from the destruction of their lives to the other side. People who are in relationship with them. The grace of God is good enough to get you to the other side. But what we're being told by the Apostle Paul, that if you don't strap down your life, that you will suffer loss in your life even if you are a Christian. This is written to us. For Jonah, his next here moment with God was not going to happen on a really cool foam mat that he got on Amazon.com or sitting in a garden or sitting on the dock watching a shrimp boat go by or at a breakfast table with a cup of coffee. His next conversation was going to come from the belly of a whale. And Jonah 1.17 tells us, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but do not be mistaken. Nothing says that God sent the fish to rescue Jonah. You say, what? Is that because you just think that's what's going on here. God's rescuing Jonah. Oh, no, he's not. I mean, so much so that Jesus later on, talking about his own life, actually uses the fish and Jonah story as a uh, correlation between death, not rescue. 
He actually talks about the whale being significant of death, not rescuing his life. God's not sending the whale to rescue Jonah. Um, Jonah was being placed by God into a place of conversation, a place of, of uh, difficulty so that he could have an honest conversation with God. You see, Jonah was coming out of the fish one of two ways. Out the front or out the back, and I ain't talking about the blowhole. And it all depended on his interaction with God. Uh, hold on. Hey, Brian, hey, do we got that video of uh, the video clip of that fish pooping? You don't know? Uh, what? You think they're visualizing it right now and that's doing the trick? Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, so we're not going to show you that video. But the thing is, is really think about it. That he was either through an alignment with God was going to come out the fish, the, the mouth of this fish, or there was another way out of this fish. But it does not work well for Jonah. See, the fish is not a rescue. It's a place of decision-making. It's a here moment where God challenges what's going on in our fleeing soul, where he begins to put pressure on our life to what do we want in life. See, the belly, and we're told that he was in the belly of the fish. The belly is the place of reduction. It can kill you or it can rebirth you. Nature can have its course and you pass through and out the back of the fish. Or you can try, try your best and, you know, talk to the whale. Or you can submit to the plan of God and allow God to work miraculously in your life. Now I know there's probably somebody out there saying, wow, what a jerk God is. I mean, really, that God would put you in that situation. It's the only place. It's the place of reduction the place where the pressure is on us, the place where, where we are faced with really a binary choice, either God or nature, life or death. And, we, and sometimes our fleeing souls need to be put there. We need to get there because it's the best thing that we need to do. It's the only place where the fleeing soul will ever listen. Nature was going to kill Jonah anyway, Nature's going to kill you. Nature's going to kill me eventually. See, God doesn't owe anyone more than what nature produces. It's not like God's up there and it's like, you know, well, I, gotta, I owe them something better than nature, all these human beings. No, he doesn't owe all human beings anything more than nature. See, grace is extra. But, but don't think that grace is just something that God has to give us. But if you think grace is unfair in the terms that God uses it, then just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep doing what you're doing. But we have to realize that we can either be broken and allow God to move into our lives or we're going to be crushed. But it all happens. That decision happens in the belly of the fish. It happens in this place of reduction. And as America, we're in a place of reduction. You know, we've got to decide, you know, 
Um, are we going to serve God or are we going to serve ourselves? As Christians, um, we can't go before God in prayer, but yet at the same time have a fleeing soul. That God, I want to come to you to bless me, but yet I'm not tying down my cargo. I don't want you to, I don't want to do what you told me to do. I don't want to go where I, you want me to go. I don't want to forgive who you told me to forgive. I don't want to break this relationship up that needs to be broken up. I don't want to get, you know, I mean, we, we've got to realize that we are in a place of where we are going to either be broken so that God can heal us and fill us, or we're going to be crushed. Listen to Jonah's own description of his soul's entanglement with the will of God. He says, I called out of my distress, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, for you cast me in the deep, into the heart of the seas, the flood surrounded me, all your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head, all the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. My life was fainting away. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Because I thought Jonah told the sails to throw him over. Um, I thought he knew why he was being thrown over there and, and how he had gotten there. Why is he... Why is he crying out to God and why is he praying this prayer like he's acting like God did some sort of thing to him? Because God did do some sort of thing to him. See, Jonah's not describing the boat or the water or even his own actions. He's describing the emptiness of his soul when we experience um, our disobedience before God and when we reject God. That's what he's describing. He's not describing what it's like for the body to float through the water. And he's talking about what has happened because of his disobedience that he's lost the awareness of God in his life. So isn't that what Jesus echoes on the cross? When the sins of the world are laid upon him for our sake, he says, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? You know, see, that's the effect that sin has. And, and this is what Jonah is all of a sudden, all of a sudden God's got Jonah. Oh, he's, he doesn't mind skipping church. He doesn't mind, you know, running away from the presence of God. And then God puts him in a place of, of reduction and reduction and reduction and reduction, a place of breaking or crushing. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, where am I? And he realizes that the nearness of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God it's not there. Has he lost his salvation? No. But all the cargo of life is ruined. Will he get to the other side? Yes. But he is experiencing Sheol. He's experiencing the grave. But not just the grave. Sheol is a word that is used in the Hebrew not to define just death, not just the hole in the ground, but it's used mostly to define judgment and separation from God. So it's kind of more than language about what happens to the body or where do you go. It's more of a soulish description of the anguish of separation from God. Um, you see, being saved is good enough if you just want to get to heaven. And I'm not, gonna, there's, I'm not adding to that formula at all. 
by faith in Christ's death and resurrection, we are saved. So being saved is enough to get you to heaven if, if that's it for you. But being obedient is the way of living a blessed life. And that's what God wants us to have. Remember that verse I read last week out of John, that if we abide in, the, in, in Christ, that we will bear much fruit? And not only does it bearing fruit mean a blessing in our lives, but he says that you may also glorify my Father who is in heaven. That's the plan of God. It makes God look good. It makes you look good. It makes life, makes life good. Even though our ship is being tossed in the middle of a sea, in the middle of a storm, it doesn't mean that we have to lose our lives. But if we strap down our lives and align our lives with God, if we, if we um, strap down our fleeing soul, our tendency to run from our responsibility or from doing what God wants us to do, if we will strap it down and present it to God, we'll get to that place where we will allow God to, to break that self-will in us and fill us with his will, we will experience blessing. See, you're going to come through life one way or the other, but your response to God will determine the difference. So when you get alone with God this week, ask him, ask him something like this. Search me, O oh God, and see if there is a fleeing soul in me. Just ask him to, to look at you and it's like, God, do I do this with you? It's like, okay, I'm your child. I'm somebody you've worked in, your li in their lives and I'm part of your, your body. I'm part of your church. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. But there are some things that when you tell me to do them, I just pay the ticket and I hop on the boat and I suffer loss. Are there areas in your life between you and God that you have just decided, no, I'm not doing what you asked me to do, or that's not the way that I want to do it in my life. So let me encourage you, when you have your here moment with God, your next here moment may be um, in the belly of the fish. It may be a, a point when, when you're asking God, um, reduce me to see your will. I, I, there's too many other things that are clouding my judgment. They're getting in the way. Lord God, let this be a time when you, you look at my soul. Or let me read to you what um, Jonah probably prayed. In Psalm 86, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love towards me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. See, Jonah did, and God brought him out of the whale the more pleasant way. Don't you want God to bring you through this time in life the more pleasant way? I mean, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be storms, but let me just tell you, grace is big enough to handle the storm. It really can. Grace can handle the storm. There's no storm that grace can't handle. God is going to get you to the other side, but God is saying, listen, while you're taking this ride, I need you to strap down something. I need you to align yourself with my will. I want you to come out of this 
the better way, even in the midst of the storm. So as we go into this moment of expressions, this time of, of worship in this song, or maybe a time of communion, you know, it's kind of funny that Jesus tells us to, to take communion, the Lord's Supper, the breaking of the bread and the, the cup. You know what they, they are? They are symbolic of being in the belly of the whale, the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because just, he says, just like Jonah in the belly of the fish, so too the Son of Man will be in the belly of the grave. And, and, and these represent um, Jesus' surrender to God in the belly of the fish. And that God, I pray that you would break my life, my fleeing soul, that God, today I lay my life before you so that you can bring me through the better way. David forecasted the result of Jesus, the better way for Jesus, and said that my Holy One will not see decay. That Jesus came out of the grave on the third day as Jonah came out of the mouth of the fish. And you and I can walk through the storms of life and we can come out of them better than before. That what was meant for death for us or hardship for us can be a place where transformation occurs and we can experience blessing coming out of this time in our lives. Heavenly Father, as we move into this moment, we just, we ask you to search us and see if there's a fleeing soul within me, a place where I have said, no, no, not there, not that, not them. Lord God, maybe for some of us, we already know exactly what it is, like Jonah. You know, and, and we've already resigned ourselves to the rest of the sailors that are going through life with us that know that life is miserable because we are resigned to flee. God, teach me your ways. Today, God created me a new heart in the belly of the fish rescue our souls from the despair and the darkness of not sensing your presence, though we walk in your grace.